hello out there. This is Pamela Fagan Hutchins, and you've somehow come across the awesome Wine, Women, and Writing show where I get to talk to other writers, especially women, about their complex, authentic, and often very kick-ass female characters and have a lot of fun doing it. So if you guys are, like me, really into reading stories with strong women at their cores, then why don't you take a step out to my website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com. I have a Wine, Women, and Writing page, and you can subscribe to the show free to your favorite RSS player. You can even sponsor a show and help us continue to promote the women writers that we really love to read. And speaking of that, today I'm super excited. I've had the pleasure of attending this year my first BoucherCon convention, which is like a mystery thriller suspense extravaganza. And this year it's being held in Dallas. And while I've been here, I have fangirled um, any number of authors that you know and love. And today, right this very minute, I'm super excited to be welcoming Kendra Elliott to the show. Hi, Kendra. Hi. Welcome, welcome. And is this is, is this your first BoucherCon? I doubt. No. I've been to several <laughs> BoucherCons over the years. And so this one in Dallas yesterday, you got to come into it looking kind of um, Pacific Northwestern, the it weather was here. very wet, and it was very cold here yesterday. But you're used to that, living where you do. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've lived there all my life. I have webbed feet. (laughs) Not me. gorgeous today, though, here. Blue sky and clear. It is. It's beautiful. I don't know what happened. It was a tornado last week. You know, it was winter yesterday, and today it's beautiful again. So we will celebrate the sun. Um, Now, I have been a fan of the Mercy Kilpatrick series, so I wanted to open by asking you how you could break our hearts by ending this series for starters so tell us about mercy oh mercy me it broke my heart to end it too but i was also i was having some burnout with the series i felt like i was writing the same book over and over but i was very surprised when the book did come out the amount of email i received the amount of facebook and twitter comments i received of people who were so upset that i'd ended the series it, it really got my attention. Yeah. And so there will be another Mercy book. Yay! Uh, probably, I think, 2021. I'm not sure exactly when. Aww. But yes, there will be another Mercy book. It's in the plans. I haven't started it yet. I don't know what I'm going to write about yet. But <laughs> something will happen. <laughs> and she, of course, pops up here and there in my other books. Which is one of the things I think readers love. Oh, they love it. Absolutely they love absolutely it. Absolutely love. Yeah. And so, you know, there's there's other series where we could be seeing her continue and um, our love affair with Mercy can you know be fulfilled but I am secretly excited that you're going to keep going with Mercy <laughs> but I, I've got to say I don't know how authors do it that write 26 so a la Sue Grafton or, or right. how do they do it I don't know that either we were just talking about that in my panel today how people write book after book after book with the same characters and for readers I mean some of them have done it so successfully to keep it interesting yes. But for the author, it's oh, hard. That's hard. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. really hard. So I can understand a brain break from, from Mercy, but I'm also glad that she's <laughs> going to be back. But you have you have several series that you can play with and, yes. and continue with. And in fact, your upcoming book kind of takes us back to some 
books of yore or yesterday. It, it, if you take, will. it goes back to my Callahan and McLean series, um, which I wrote before the Mercy series. Uh, the book coming out in January, The Last Sister, is FBI agent Xander Wells' story, who readers have been begging me for his story for years. He was a secondary character in the Callahan and McLean series. And when I started this book, I, it wasn't, I wasn't planning it to be a police procedural type book, but I needed, I needed a law enforcement character. And I realized I had the opportunity to bring Xander in, write his story, make my readers happy. <laughs> and so they still have a ways to go to wait for Xander's big return, though. It's not coming out till January. Yeah. And it kicks off a new series for you, right? Yes. Um, the Last Sister is the first book in the Columbia River series. And the second book in the series, so our plan for this series is to have different main characters. But they're all going to be Portland area based. They're all going to be law enforcement. The second book will be a return to Mason Callahan and Ava McLean, who I have a four book series with previously. My readers have also wanted some uh, more of them. They kind of felt I left things hanging with them, and so there will be a. They will be definitely happy with book two in the Columbia River series. Yay! And we want to make our readers happy at the same time as we want to keep Kendra happy, so she can keep <laughs> writing the books and we don't wear her out too much. And so, with your books, I mean, obviously, locationally, they are. They are not straying too far from, from your roots, the Pacific Northwest. You were telling me before we started that you can claim several generations of... I think fourth generation Oregonian. Oh, I'm my goodness. I'm pretty sure that's, it. that's either really sad or that's, <laughs> or that's amazing. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> it's cool, though, because, we, you know, I was interviewing some other authors earlier, and not a single one of them were from the town they lived in. Everybody was a transplant from somewhere else. And, now, and you know, there was this feeling of transience, you know, mm-hmm. to the group. And where are you going to live next? You just don't meet a lot of people that can really claim that anymore and say, this place is part of me, and I'm part of this place. And Or I'm afraid to move. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> so what, do, you, do you have kids that think that they're going to stick around for us? It's so funny. I have three daughters. Um, they are 17, 19, and 21, and they all want to stay in the area. Aww. Two are away at college, and they're both at Oregon Colleges. I was very surprised when I went, when I applied to college. I wanted to go as far away as possible, even though I ended <laughs> up at the University of Oregon. But my daughters want to stick around. Aw, yeah, they like their family. They too. do. They yeah. like me, which is really odd for teenage <laughs> girls, but they do like me. My teenage daughter, who's now twenty-two, so our youngest is twenty-two. We, um, she's, she, you know, I just. I don't know what I'd do without her. She's the one person in the world that really, really gets me besides my husband. And it's so cool to have daughters that at least pretend to like you. you Sometimes do. I think she's pretending, but <laughs> but they want to hang around. I'm always confused by how much they want to hang around me, actually. <laughs> I didn't want to do that with my mother. But, yeah. You must be super cool, super I, fun. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so you have three daughters, and do they read your books? The oldest one has read everything, I believe. Um, the other two haven't read them, which, which is fine. I don't think they're um, 
they're, they aren't my audience. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And what I've found is that authors' kids just don't, I mean, it's like, you know, if your dad's a fireman, you don't go to all the fires. And if you're, <laughs> if you're you know, whatever your job is, that's right. not how they see you. No. They see you as mom. the fun mom or the mean <laughs> mom or whatever you are that way. One of those, yeah. <laughs> Do any yeah. of them aspire towards writing? No. No, none of them aspire towards writing. They see um, how much I struggle and how much I complain, and <laughs> they aren't interested at all. None of them have even written in high school or college or anything. It's, yeah. it's funny how writing is an they're, obsession that doesn't love you back. They're very proud of me, though. Yeah. They're very proud of me. Um, I dedicate most of my books to my kids. Um, it's it's fun to hear me. I'll hear them tell their friends, and it makes me feel pretty good. That's, they're proud of their mom. That is a good thing. It's a very good thing. And now, was writing something that you always were leaning toward, or did it happen accidentally? I never wanted to be a writer. I hated writing in high school. I hated writing in college. I do have a journalism degree, but that wasn't for writing. I wanted to go into advertising. Um, but I've always been a very voracious reader. Yeah. Very voracious reader. I read and read and read and read. And finally, I decided to give it a shot. Like, I read so much. And I, I had completed a book that I'd, I had read a book and finished it. And I set it down. And I felt so good and so satisfied with the book. And I thought, can I make somebody else feel like that? And so that was my main motivation for sitting down and writing a book. I wanted to see if I could. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see if I could finish it. And I wanted to see if I could bring that same satisfaction to readers. That, that feeling of bringing satisfaction to readers, it's, I love how you said that about, it was about seeing if you could, seeing if you could mm-hmm. finish it. But then it grows into, can I make somebody yeah. feel? Yeah. Feel satisfied, feel happy, feel sad. Can I make them cry? Can I make them laugh? Mm-hmm. It's the best feeling in the world when you connect like that with a reader. And I'm, I know you've connected like that with millions of readers. <laughs> so a million times that wonderful feeling. So when you first started, were you drawn to the police procedurals? What, did you, what were you cutting your teeth on? I was actually going to write a contemporary romance. Um, but people kept dying. <laughs> and so I kind of got got the hint by my first two books were not publishable. They were my learning books. They my practice books. Um, my third book is the one I sold to a publisher. And by then I was pretty much into the police procedural type formula, I hate to say. It becomes uh, that, doesn't it? You yeah. develop, if nothing else, your own. You know, yes, the way yes. that the way yeah. that Kendra Elliott I love the, the progression mm-hmm. of the entire of a um, investigation. Do you have a law enforcement background? I do not. Um, I have spent a lot of time um, interviewing FBI, FBI agents. Uh, I go to the Writers Police Academy every year, yeah, which is a fabulous um, four-day conference, and we get to rub shoulders with law enforcement, fire firefighters, um, all sorts of everybody who's in. Let's see, what else? Forensic experts. There's so much stuff we get to play with. We get to shoot their guns. We get to drive their cars. We get to knock, actually do uh, what's called a pit maneuver, where you drive the car into the car you're chasing and you spin it and knock it off the road. Yeah, I've got a video of me doing that somewhere. It's absolutely amazing. (laughs) 
So I've done that, and I also try to attend a homicide detectives. Um, it's kind of like continuing education. Um, I go and spend three days immersed with homicide detectives, listening to what they have to say and talk about their cases. It's kind of like getting the best of it without the being called out in the middle of the night and (laughs) smelling the (laughs) dead bodies. And, you know, I'm pretty pumped up about it just listening to Mm. it. And so with with all of the, like you said, formula maybe not the perfect word, but the Mm -hmm. way in which it evolved into what it is that you do, there's also something else you do that I find interesting, and that is you co-write, you Mm -hmm. co-author. Tell us about that, because it's super intriguing. So I co-write two novella series. A novella is about 100 pages, so it's much shorter than a novel. But um, my best friend, Melinda Lee, is also a published author with my publisher. We actually met through the publisher. She lives on the East Coast. I live on the West Coast. And we came up with this idea that we should write something together. We both write suspense novels. And our editor was, one of our old editors, I think, had pitched the idea to us. She had said, a dream project would be the two of you to work on something together. And we both kind of looked at her and we're like, no, we aren't going to do that. I'm very protective of my books. They are my books. No one's going to go in and mess with my voice. So I didn't see how we could possibly do a joint project. Yeah. But we came up with this concept where I write a novella, she writes a novella. We go back and forth. Um, We write the Rogue River series, which takes place in Southern Oregon about a law enforcement family. And our readers loved it. They loved the stories, but they also loved the fact that Melinda and I write together because a lot we have a lot of the same fans. And yeah. when they see us working together, they think that's just amazing. It is amazing mm-hmm. and fun. And, you know, when you think about how solitary uh, yes. a writer's journey so is. So solitary. I mean, it must be, even though it was kind of scary, rewarding. And it's so nice to have someone else to brainstorm with. Yes. Um, when I'm writing my own books, it's just me. Although sometimes I will call Melinda and ask for <laughs> help. But we usually lock ourselves away um, once a year in a nice hotel somewhere. And we sit down and brainstorm the next two novellas. We outline them. We plot them, which is something neither of us do in our regular work. Yeah. But if we are writing together, we have to know what's going to happen. And so... Each novella is singularly written by one of you, but then the next story inevitably follows and is pre-planned so that it all meshes. And do you then carry any of those characters over into your your individual works? We haven't carried them into our individual works. Um, We we started with the one series, the Rogue River series. We wrote ten in that. And then we decided we were tired of writing that series. It takes place in this town called Solitude, Oregon. And everybody in Solitude has died by now in those ten books. (laughs) Violent, bloody deaths. We knew it was time to move somewhere else. And so the second series we started is called the Widow's Island series. Uh, It takes place in, like, the San Juan Islands. We made up an island. Yeah. Of course. Of course. And so it takes place on an island. And we brought some of the characters from... 
the Rogue series. Okay. Just a few small the secondary survivors. characters. <laughs> <laughs> Just survivors. <laughs> Just enough for our readers to go, oh, I know who that is. Yeah. I read yeah. about them before. Well, it's one of the things I think that people enjoy about how you write currently. Uh, you know, the, your individual series is the old friends popping up, yes. you know, in new places. Yes. And it, it just immediately says, you're going to like this when you open the book <laughs> and you see your old friend. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because sometimes I will include a scene with an old character from a previous book and my editor will say to me, you know, this scene does not move the plot forward. You know, why are you <laughs> including this scene? I'm like, well, because my readers want to see that character again. Yeah. They loved that character in the previous book. They want to see him again. And so this is a little, a tasty treat for my readers. Exactly. It, there's, there's this world now that you've created and a relationship with readers. And it kind of transcends the, is every single word in this driving the plot forward? Some of it is just, <laughs> right. Right. you know, I respect you guys and what you like. And right. I'm giving you a little of that yeah, because exactly you've been good to me. That's a good line. I'm going to remember that next time when she says that. I'm respecting my readers, giving them what they want. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without whom, none of us would have jobs, right? Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. We respect the heck out of them. And I think it's one of the things that makes um, conventions like BoucherCon special and fun is that the readers are actually here. They're here. They're face-to-face right. -face feedback and, you know, getting to come up and tell you, you know, what Mercy or Xander or mm -hmm. any of your characters means to them. That's very special. It is. I just had lunch with, I call her a super fan. Uh, she's been a fan of mine for three or four years, I think, and I've interacted with her on Facebook. And I met her last year at BoucherCon, and then I knew she was going to be here again this year, and I was like, let me take you to lunch. Aww. And so she was thrilled. I was thrilled because she's one of those enthusiastic people that just loves your books and she tells other people about your books and just a fun person to be with. You know, you cannot as readers even begin to understand the way in which just one super fan like Kendra's talking about can move mountains for you yes. that splashy ads or you know video trailers n may never duplicate but one evangelist if you <laughs> evangelist <will. laughs> yes out there beating the drums it just means everything so to Kendra's super fan you're awesome and to all the rest of you out there that that maybe didn't get to come to BoucherCon and have lunch with her you're awesome too you guys rock we love you and so that's one of the things I love about these conferences but the other thing that I love is meeting other authors and I come out of these I don't know about you but sometimes I go into them thinking I'm not sure I can finish this book I may stab my eyes out first and I come here and I leave so jazzed up. Energized. Yes, yeah. totally. I mean, I'm thinking that tonight after the party, I'm going to work on my revisions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's super energizing and so much fun to meet everybody. So if you want to learn more about Kendra, all you got to do is open Amazon and type in her name. But you also have a website with other things that they can look up and read and see about you as well. Is it mm -hmm. just Kendra Elliott or? KendraElliott.com. KendraElliott.com. And if you guys would please consider making this podcast something that you subscribe to and that is delivered to your inbox, I promise to keep delivering to you the women writers and their characters that you love to read. Now, 
I'm going to make my obligatory announcement, and then I have another question for Kendra before we go. But this has been a solely owned and copyrighted production of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Without whom, there would be no Wine, Women, and Writing. And thank you to Pam Stack for all she does to help us as authors um, get to know and promote each other and discover each other's works. Now, here's my last question. So you have... All these great female characters, protagonists, uh, you know, as far as, as your procedural characters, but also leads that are non-procedural in your books. Do you have any that you look at and think, secretly, that one is Kendra Elliott? Oh. <laughs> so my mother-in-law has told me that she sees me in a lot of the characters I write. But I think the one that comes through the most is probably... Ava McLean. Oh, yay! I believe from the Callahan and McLean series. <laughs> I, I hear that from other people yeah. who've read it. I don't consciously put myself into that when I'm writing, but um, yeah. When I go back and look, I'm like, okay, yeah, I see that. Yeah, it happens. Lit happens. Shit happens. <laughs> and, and there you have it. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of Alshacon to sit down and talk and, and letting people hear your stories. It was great. Was glad, I'm glad to be here. A lot of fun. And you guys go out there and you can, can they pre-order a copy now of The Last yes. Sister? On Amazon. On Amazon. And when you're doing that, you can also pick up a copy of Mercy Kilpatrick number six, which came out last June. So you guys have a great week and I'll be back at you. 